everybody. <laughs> <laughs> hey, y'all. Welcome to our podcast. Episode one. Let's do this. Okay, so I'm Samantha. I'm Gabby. What's up? Although people tend to call me Sam. Like Sam Puckett from iCarly. Very yeah. interesting. <laughs> yep. <laughs> just, yep. <laughs> so this is our podcast we peaked in high school. We did. Uh, well, did we? Yeah, well, we haven't. That's the point, but we are about to peak in high school, I guess. Yeah, I don't have much hope for us. Yeah, we're, um, well, our high school experience is almost coming to an end, and we still haven't peaked, so we're trying to peak. We, we're trying to speed up the process a little bit, so we thought, why not share it with you guys? <laughs> yeah, and also, I doubt anybody that doesn't go to high school with us is going to listen to this, so... Although, that's being a little bit hopeful. <laughs> I don't... Gabby H, if that. you're out there... Yeah, this is specifically for Gabby H. This is why we made this podcast. You know who you are. You know who you are, Gabby H. We have multiple Gabbies. <laughs> congratulate. Okay, so I thought we could talk about why we're feeling stressed today, because, you know, teenage girl angst. Yes, hit so, me with that. Gabby, why are you stressed today? Um, I was supposed to... S- <laughs> <laughs> we're stressed about dogs barking. We're, I'm stressed about my family being too loud when we're trying to record. <laughs> Um, i.e. the dog. I.e. Milo, the little shit. <laughs> oh yeah, are we allowed to curse? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah! Okay, thank you, Milo. He had a lot to say. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the reason I'm stressed today is because this is how I'm spending my Saturday instead of doing my homework. Oh yeah, that's a big one. I was supposed to start my homework yesterday. Did not happen. Oh yeah, I, I spent the whole day clawing at some Karen's hair. I did put your mask on, Karen. That's all I had to say. Please. Please. Are you okay? <laughs> I'm okay. Are you okay, Gabby? Okay, we've lost Gabby. This is my podcast now. How dare you? Okay. <laughs> so, th- we have a little theme for this podcast. I don't know if we're going to continue with our themes, but our theme for this podcast is... Horror versus History. Unhinged Teenage Girls. Edition. <laughs> I guess. So yeah, for this podcast, I'll be talking about history, and Gabby will be talking about spooky stuff. Spooky! And we're going to be interjecting into song. Is that a word? Is that how you use interjecting? No, <laughs> no, that's not how you We're use going that. to be bursting into yes, that unsolicited bur- song. Burst into... Okay, this is a musical podcast now. <laughs> we speak only in song. We, we have to speak in rhyme. Oh yeah, can you tell that we're theater kids? Yeah. Can you talk? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. Anybody who hates theater kids, please leave now, because we're going to annoy you to death. But, like, then again, but, I, I feel like a theater kid isn't the only thing that we are, you know? Okay, well, but, yes. But, let's not generalize, but we're also pretty annoying, so let's just admit yeah, that. Yeah, no, I'm admitting to that, yeah. <laughs> also, we're Gen Z, so please leave boomers. That, also, that's why I'm stressed today, because boomers... Yeah. Old people in power just scare me. It, it scares me. <laughs> I think we can all admit that we're scared of um, people who just walk around casually in tennis ball covered walkers <laughs> and try to take away our social security. <laughs> in what way can I torture Gen Z today? They wake up. In what way can we anger the masses? Without outwardly angering them. Because we still gotta be sneaky about it, you know? Anyway, this is a podcast about why we hate boomers now. 
Oh, yeah. Just raging at the machine playing mm-hmm. in the background. Like, love you, boomer grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, to love your grandpa. Oh, that's also why I'm stressed, because I'm scared that my grandpa might actually be reading my tweets. <laughs> oh? This is new. Sorry, grandpa. I'm sorry that you follow me on Twitter, but I can't figure out a sneaky way to block you, so. My grandpa has an Android. I don't trust him. Oh? Is that is that why, or is it is are there other <laughs> reasons? Just, I just I don't trust him. Oh. No hate to people with androids, but just something about that man with an android. Mm mm. Okay. <laughs> okay, so I'll start. Today I'm gonna be talking about the uh, the Catherine the Great origin story. I'm excited. We're not gonna mention penis chairs today, but like you can look that up on your free time. The penis Catherine chairs. Catherine the Great pe- penis chairs. <laughs> Okay, so Catherine was, her real name was not Catherine, which I was shocked to figure out. Her what? real name was Sophie Friederike <laughs> August of Anhalt Zerbst. <laughs> <laughs> Just <laughs> slides drop on the floor. Her real name was Sophie, and I, I'm going to butcher every name here because she was born... In Pomerania, like the dog. Pomerania? That's a yeah. place? Yeah, and it was in Prussia, but now it's called, um... She's looking something <laughs> in Poland. <laughs> Shout out to Poland. Shout out to Poland for getting its land back. Yeah, I don't know why. I just have, like, this love for Poland. I You just gotta love Poland and it's everybody cool in Poland. <laughs> Polish people, am I right? Yep. Anyway, she was born in 1729. <laughs> <laughs> so she's old. And dead. I think we should mention that she's dead. Dang it, I want an autograph. So yeah, her dad was a poor Polish prince, and her mother had, quote-unquote, well-regarded bloodlines. Oh. So, her mom basically groomed Sophie um, to, like, marry well, be very ambitious, and really go after her dreams of... I don't know, being somebody's wife. Because that... that, I can relate to that. Um... (laughs) So yeah, her story starts when she's 15, and that's why I'm categorizing this as unhinged teenage girls, because otherwise um, she's not a teenage girl for the rest of the story, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so at 15, she was invited to Russia by the daughter of Peter the Great, Oh, he's a he's a skinny little freakish guy, so we're gonna- Wait, wait, that's a, that's a really tall dude, right? Yeah, the really tall Slenderman-like guy. Oh my gosh, who wait. really liked Europe. <laughs> Shout out to my Eastern. freshman AP world class for- Thinking that he had Tourette's. <laughs> no, because there were like accounts of him walking all weird and like jerking when he was walking, and we were like, "What if he had Tourette's?" <laughs> so <laughs> Tourette's. We forgot our trigger warnings, but whatever. oh my gosh, you're right. We forgot our trigger warnings. Okay, my trigger warning is um, freakish little men boys. My trigger warning is cannibalism. Oh, fun. <laughs> okay, let's continue. This this podcast is gonna be all over the place. Very chaotic energy. Gen Z. <laughs> we're, we're Gen Z, if you hadn't figured that out yet, by our hatred of boomers. <sighs> so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, she was invited by Tsarina Elizabeth, who had also killed her husband in a coup. Aw, their bestie is. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of coups in Russian history. I guess it's just normal once you get sick of your husband, just kill him. <laughs> um, so, yeah, her husband had died in a coup three years prior. I don't know if she had anything to do with it, but... I want to put a pastor. It still happened. <laughs> So yeah, she was unmarried and childless since her obviously her husband had died. And um actually no, I don't know who 
Okay, I don't know much about this, but hey, like, he got, somebody had a coup. I don't know. She was not married. She had no kids. She could have had side hoes. You, know, you never know. I don't know. Was Peter the Great the one with the coup? You know what? Don't trust me for your history knowledge. I'm just here to tell you some stories. <laughs> okay, so yeah, she was looking for a bride for Peter, her orphan nephew and heir to Ooh. the Russian throne. So, Peter the Third was, like, he was known to be very weak-willed, and he was known as stupid, a bad student, but he had, a, he had like, this weird passion for the military. Ugh. And I, this is very important to say. He had a dream that he was going to be, like, a great military leader. So this is going to be important later on. I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> so when Sophie, now Catherine, well, not now. Well, we still have dogs barking. <laughs> We're just going to ignore that. So, yeah, when, <laughs> when Sophie arrived, um, the first thing that happened was that she almost died. Oh. Um, that, death that was her introduction to Russia. She almost died from this illness called pleuritis, which I don't know. I don't know what. <laughs> but yeah, she claims that the reason <laughs> dogs barking, the reason for her survival was because of bloodletting. So yeah, they just like drained her of blood four time up to four times a day. I mean, she probably just healed naturally and just said, "Oh, it was the bloodletting." Because oh well, yeah, that's how history works, you know. Yeah. We're going to attribute all our successes to bloodletting. George Washington, though. <laughs> he said, bruh. <laughs> Rip it to the man G-Wash. I'm kidding. G-wash? He was... <laughs> oh my god, George Drippington. Okay. George Drippington! <laughs> Elizabeth was really impressed by Sophie, who was obviously eager to please. And she's really ambitious because obviously her mom groomed her. Mm-hmm. Um, but Peter did not feel the same way because... Um, they met three er- years earlier, and they were, of course, second cousins. Mm. And they did not like each other, so... White people. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the wedding took place on August 21st, 1745. Um, and um, Sophie was 16, Peter was 17. So they were babies. Aw. I mean, at least they weren't, like, 27, 13... Yeah, so Sophie wanted to win over the Russian people, so she did her best to Russianize herself. So she converted to the Russian Orthodox Church, and her name was changed to Ekaterina, or whatever, or Catherine. Ah. So that's when she becomes Catherine. Catherine the Great origin story. (laughs) That's the theme. So their marriage was um, not great. They were really unhappy because they had nothing in common. And here's where my favorite part starts. Um... The nut job that is Peter the Great. Not Peter the Great, Peter the Third. Oh, I'm getting confused. It's okay. Okay, so on their wedding night, Peter left her to go to a party with his friends. And she instead just, like, spent her entire time studying Enlightenment philosophers. Oh. <laughs> and becoming fluent in Russian. And she also got involved in political groups to oppose her husband. Uh, no, just imagine just like, oh, babe, I'm going out for tonight, blah, blah, blah. Just like, okay, have fun. Or like... Just time to bring this bitch down. Gotta hit the books. (laughs) Yeah, according to Wikipedia, this is a quote, Catherine had been involved in military schemes against Elizabeth, the Tsarina, probably to get rid of Peter III at the next stage of at least since 1749. Dang, praying on this man's downfall as she should. She was quick. Anyway, (laughs) She knew what she wanted. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, (laughs) Peter obsessively spent time with soldiers. Um, he was training a guards unit, and he played with toy soldiers, supposedly also in bed. Gonna, uh, let, that, gonna let that simmer. Uh, sim- <laughs> <laughs> I 
I don't want. I don't want to let it simmer. Can we scrape it off? The yeah. Pan? So we're not gonna let you do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he was quote unquote an epic man child. <laughs> I bet this, if this man was alive today, he'd say poggers. Oh my god, <laughs> Baze, that so, was poggers. Oh my god. So here's a quote from history's nutcases. Um, quote: Sometimes he would force his new wife to dress up as a soldier so he could pretend to be a general and put her through intense, rigorous military drills. When he grew bored of that, he'd beat his hunting dogs. End quote. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet home Alabama. Well, yeah, they are cousins. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing so much, guys. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> so, Catherine had extensive memoirs, as do, like, the greatest queens. Mm. If we could consider her a queen. Um, so, yeah, she called his behavior rude, drunken, and cruel, and she also called him an idiot and a prankster. Oh. So, um, in... So, Isabel... The... Malariaga, or whatever. Um, in her <laughs> book, Catherine the Great, A Short History, she says, um, quote, Though not stupid, he was totally lacking in common sense. End quote. Uh, we love it when history bashes people in power. Yeah, so here's where it gets even better. So, allegedly, after having spent hours perfect, perfectly arranging his toy soldiers <laughs> in rows around his bedroom, a rat came from the woodwork and chewed off the head of one of his toys. So, oh. his, obviously, like, the natural reaction to this was that he was so mad that he forced Catherine to watch him hold a military court-martial for the rat <laughs> and declare him guilty of treason and hang the rat, rat on a rat-sized gallows that <laughs> specifically made for the occasion. So he made, like, tiny little rat gallows <laughs> and executed this rat. Uh, do you know if these rat gallows are still a thing? Because I'd like to purchase them. Are you planning on torturing some rats? No, I just want it for, like, a souvenir. Oh, that actually would be really cool. Okay, let's sell rat-sized gallows. That's our merch. <laughs> That's our merch. So yeah, um, no big surprise. It took them eight years to produce an heir. <laughs> oh, it's like okay. It's debated whether this was because um, Peter hadn't consummated the marriage, or he was infertile and all their children are illegitimate. But we'll we'll see in a little while if that's true. Maybe. So, another big surprise, they both had extramarital affairs. So, <laughs> Catherine's first lover was this guy named Sergei Saltikov, which is Saltikov. amazing name. It's an amazing name. Like, imagine being named Saltikov. Salt yeah. Sergeant Saltikov. Yeah, he was a Russian military officer, and her first son, Paul, was born in 1754, and it was rumored to be Saltikov's because in her memoirs, she hinted at him being the father but some people believe that she did it to discredit Peter, and Ooh. the boy did look a lot like Peter, so it was probably Peter's son. And in a version of her memoir that she left to her son Paul, Catherine claimed that she never did anything with Saltikov, and he was just there to make Peter jealous. Ooh, she's so, playing mind games. Playing class a Tiffany classic Wattpad storyline. Playing a Tiffany New York Pollard mind game. <laughs> <laughs> have, have you never seen those videos of Tiffany New York? It's like. She was on the Flavor of Love, and she was just, she's the craziest person. She was like, I'm going to say good morning to everyone but this girl, because I just want to see how I could twist her mind. Oh, it, it was like a bachelor. Right? those mind games. <laughs> but she's so funny. Uh, whatever. Okay, off topic. <laughs> so, Elizabeth took Paul from Catherine so that she could raise him to be emperor. So, oh. from the start, Catherine was devastated. And, obviously, this, like, fuels her inner angst, her <laughs> inner teenage angst. Well, she's not a teenager by now, but still. The so, repressed teenager. Yeah. 
Because, like, <laughs> she had barely any contact with her first son. And her three other children are all believed to be illegitimate. And she had a lot of lovers, hinting at the penis chairs. <laughs> um, and her second child, Anna, only lived 14 months. So Dang. So, finally, Elizabeth, the Tsarina, she dies in January 1762. And Peter III, who is now 33, succeeded the throne. And Catherine became his empress consort. But he was obviously very ill-prepared by Elizabeth. <laughs> So, you can imagine how Peter was as a czar. Oh. Not cute. <laughs> That's not very sexy. So, here's where Peter's good intentions but bad execution comes <laughs> into play. His idol was Frederick the Great of Prussia, who was conveniently also his enemy. Uh. Um, <laughs> he pulled Russia out of the Seven Years' War against Prussia just because he's like, hey, Frederick... You, hey you, babe. You, hey babe, Frederick. <laughs> Can you, you notice me, please? <laughs> notice me, senpai. That's what you're saying. It says, <laughs> so, hey babe, I was just wondering, like, if I ended this war, if you would like to slide over. Yeah, let's. Uh -huh. um, let's start an alliance. <laughs> In the sheets. Uh -huh. Oh my god. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> oh my god, should we ship them, Peter and Frederick? Frederick. Frederick. Pr Wait, no, but wasn't there like another? No, I'm thinking about someone else. It was like Alex, Alexander. <gasps> Napoleon and Alexander. Okay, yes. I will do a whole episode on how much I ship Napoleon and Alexander. Okay, this is like a thing. Good, that, that'll be the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> the next episode, me shipping a bunch of Russian czars. <laughs> this is how I spend my free time. <laughs> we can like rank them. Oh yeah, ranking every single Russian czar. Okay, we're gonna put Rasputin at the top. Obviously. Except he wasn't a czar. But, like, he stole the czarina, you know? I mean, he, he bewitched her. With <laughs> his 13-inch donger. Oh, my God. Which is, is that confirmed? It's, it's, pres it's preserved, yeah. It's preserved. Yeah. Okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm fairly sure I'm correct. If I'm not, I'm sorry. Well, you know the Russians. They sure love to preserve their their influential figures. <laughs> Talking about Lenin here. <laughs> <laughs> no! Lenin's corpse sits at the, some palace in St. Petersburg. Yeah gonna go see Maybe some dead his Lenin. little nose his little decomposed nose just like <laughs> <laughs> wait do like walk up to St. Petersburg let me give Lenin some good night kisses <laughs> kiss that man he promised me my bread gonna get it in the afterlife bruh he's gonna get those good night kisses <laughs> so yeah um Peter also dressed the Russian troops in Prussian blue color oh so and then he also began military reforms, copying exactly the Prussian military. Just the, the little, the fruity little Prussian blue uniforms just did something to him. Yeah, he was <laughs> like, um, Frederick, I really love that shade of blue. I'm going to model really, my entire army after it. It really brings out your eyes. <laughs> it really brings out your eyes. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, he also promised religious freedom for all Russians and made serfdom illegal. Oh. And he outlawed Russia's secret police. Because you know Russia always has that secret police. Oh yes, of course, the Russian secret police. But by doing all that, he burnt every single bridge Catherine had spent making more than a decade. Uh, building. Yummy. <laughs> yeah, because you know how Catherine was in those secret groups against him. Oh yeah! <gasps> oh, she was angry. Yeah, and she had made this entire alliance with the church, and he was just like, um, no, we're gonna give people rights. <laughs> Which she did not like somehow, ironically, since she really liked enlightenment philosophers, but, you know, we're, we're, we're not going to question Catherine's motives. Yeah. 
She had that angst, and that's what we're going for, <laughs> her unhingedness. Unhingedness. <laughs> so yeah, meanwhile, while all this had, was happening, um, from the start of Peter becoming Czar, she had begun she had begun an affair with Grigory. I, I don't know. You probably say Gr- Gregory or whatever. I don't Gregory. Know. Gregory Orlov, an artillery officer. <gasps> so yeah. So here's where we start the coup. Trademark. Trademark. Um, trademark coup. In July 1762, six months after Peter becomes emperor, Peter was staying at the royal residence of Oranienbaum. Because I know how to say that. <laughs> on the Gulf of Finland with some courtiers and relatives. So he was out there having a vacation in Finland. Doing his thing. He was doing his thing in Finland. <laughs> <laughs> when you can't speak? Okay. Yum. So Catherine began consolidating her support in St. Petersburg while he was gone, and she gained the support of the country's most powerful military regiment, that, and they began arranging for her husband's arrest with the help of Orlov, her lover. Dang. There were two teaming, tag-teaming the death <laughs> of her husband. Didn't let this man breathe for six months. Well, you know, he had enough breathing time in bed with his soldiers. Yeah, his, his, his toy little toy soldiers. Have <laughs> you ever seen The Lighthouse? Just, I'm thinking about the mermaid scene. If you... If anybody if gets any- your obscure <laughs> reference, you know it. So bad. No, it's because, like, Robert Pattinson, he's, like, in this lighthouse. Don't speak no more. <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, in this lighthouse. With this, it's, like, a really good film. If you want to go see it, go watch it. But, um, so basically, he's alone with this other dude. I forgot who was played, but it's played, like, a really famous actor. I forgot his name. But anyways, it's Will- Willem Dafoe, I think. His last name's Dafoe. So it was that dude. And for wank material, he has this little wooden <laughs> carving of a mermaid with her, with her titties out. <laughs> That's depressing. And so he just touches oh. it and he's like, oh yeah. <laughs> that was Peter with his soldiers. Exactly yeah. the same sentiment. The same energy. The same energy he channeled into his toy soldiers. And that's why they didn't consummate their marriage for eight years. <laughs> he liked his little soldier boys. <laughs> He was more into the soldiers than Catherine. Except maybe when he dressed her up as a soldier. I don't know how that went down. Oh yeah, imagine just... <laughs> you, you're with your man and he's just like... Drop him, give me 50. <laughs> hey baby, can you paint your green? <laughs> no. You wanna do some laps? <laughs> <laughs> wanna start a whole artillery? You wanna build a trench? <laughs> okay, I think we should stop now. Just stop. So yeah, on the night of the is on the night of July eighth, Catherine was given news that one of her co-conspirators had been arrested by her husband, and that they all had been planning and that every like thing that they had been planning had to take place at once, and the coup was a rolling. Oh, so yeah, she left the palace in such haste that the hairdresser had to tend to her quaff as they traveled. <laughs> just like powdering powder all over the <laughs> powder all over the carriage. Yum. It's like it's like powdered sugar. It's a little. Oh, a little oh also they use like lard. So oh pig, yeah, pig fat and par- pig, pig, pig <laughs> fat and powder parties. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know you gotta bring the pig fat to the party. Oh, the like your sleepovers with the girls. Bring <laughs> bring the pig. Fat. I'll bring the powder. You bring the lard. You bring the lard. So the next day she left the palace and they departed for another word I don't know how to pronounce. Um, <laughs> Ismailovsky. <laughs> Ismail. Okay, trying. <laughs> okay, to think that I had tried to learn Russian. Okay. Oh, 
so they left for that regiment where she delivered a speech and she asked those soldiers to protect her from her husband. Oh. So, um, think of that as you will. So Catherine then left with the regiment to go to, is that, okay, <laughs> I hadn't looked at this word. Okay, Siemenovsky. <laughs> <laughs> Barracks. Yeah. Um, where the clergy was waiting to ordain her as a sole occupant of the Russian throne. Oh. So she just went behind her boy Peter's back and was like, hey, can you just, like, make me the sole Russian leader? <laughs> so that apparently has legal standing. So oh. now she rules Russia. So that's how Catherine became Hashtag the girl boss. Russia. Yeah. Hashtag, hashtag girl, girl boss. boss. Um, so, yeah, she had her husband arrested, and she forced him to sign a document of abdication, so he's no longer the czar, and they, that basically left, no, like, nobody to dispute her accession to the throne, Period. like, she left no, no wiggle room. <laughs> she, it, he's, she said, off. take your little toy soldiers and get out my face. Get out my palace immediately. So, eight days after the coup, Peter, who was exiled to Rafsa, 30 miles outside of St. Petersburg, Petersburg, <laughs> he dies. <gasps> Mysteriously? He dies eight days later after he abdicates. So, it is believed that he was assassinated by Alexei Orlov. Oh? Who was the younger brother of Catherine's lover. But, oh my gosh, the familial tea. Yeah. But others believe that he committed suicide or died in a drunken brawl with guards. <laughs> a drunken brawl? You know, as they die in the 18th century in <laughs> drunken brawls. But, funnily enough, the autopsy states that the cause of his death was a severe attack of hemorrhoidal colic and apoplexy stroke. Which, um, if you don't know what hemorrhoidal colic is, it's severe hemorrhoids. So he's just bleeding from his booty hole as he yeah. was in this bar fight. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, fun fact, hemorrhoidal colic becomes a popular euphemism for assassination because, like, nobody believes that. He was just like, nobody believed that eight days after he abdicated, he was just bleeding out of his booty hole. And that's how he died. It's like dysentery, but blood. So yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was Catherine the Great's origin story. Yay, yeah, I clap, but I don't want to be... I don't want to We don't want to blow out the mic. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so... Now we're on to my segment. Again, if you don't like cannibalism, uh, oh, yeah. talk of blood... Okay, now, now we're going to get to some real unhinged teenage girls. Okay, so I'd like to talk about the history of women in horror, like, as a whole. And so, in cinema, women are usually, like, portrayed as symbols. You know, like, of innocence, of love, of motherhood, that kind of thing, or, like... Womanly symbols. <laughs> so they're usually just used to further portray the plot, or, like, further develop the protagonist, I guess. And so... The only genre that hasn't really done this as outwardly as others was horror. Because there, because the, with the whole trope of there being a final girl, which is like, oh, there's a group of people dying, and the last person standing is a girl. So Ooh, the final girl spicy. trope <laughs> makes, <laughs> it makes the whole protagonist, like, essentially a woman, which it was really rare, especially in the beginning of cinema. And I'd actually like to interject a little quote here from Dracula himself, Bela Lugosi. It is women who love horror, gloat over it, feed on it, are nourished by it, shudder and cling and cry out and come back for more. 
That um, is, it's a little creepy. Is that a euphemism? No. <laughs> also, I feel like um, we should mention that we're saying horror and not something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a little bit of an accent coming out. A little accent. <laughs> we're from the Florida accent. <laughs> we have no accent. What are we talking the about? <laughs> not Florida. <laughs> not Florida accent. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> But horror is considered to be the first genre to really embrace the heroine. And what attracts women to the genre as a whole is we get to see fear through women's eyes. Through a woman's eyes. And just, I guess, it, okay, in the beginning it kind of came from a place of misogyny. Because... In Men don't feel. <laughs> no, because in order, like, in, along with being scared with someone you have to be scared for the protagonist and since women are seen as lesser or more weak it's easier to feel scared for a woman than a man Ooh. so okay. yeah it was used as fear tactic but um recently it's kind of okay i am not a quote-unquote elevated horror elitist i i do love my slashers here and there i do enjoy the classics but i feel like modern like popular horror has kind of veered from more like slasher torture porn <laughs> Torture porn. To more, to more like outwardly nuanced social commentary, and especially when it comes to like a main female protagonist, it's a, it comes from a tale of survival or empowerment. Oh, we're gonna it, empower the ladies. Yeah, with these are gonna be really, these are really popular examples, which is Jennifer's Body and Carrie, and Carrie too. If you, are <laughs> I'm into just gonna that. say spicy. Spicy. All the time. <laughs> I'm gonna add a little bit of spice. But yeah, so the first movie that really did this whole teenage girl thing was Carrie, which it's probably one of the most complex character studies ever because there is no like weird device or possession or anything. It's just Carrie is both the monster and the heroine. And it's oh. it, it kind of inspired like a really weird movement in horror. And it was it's a really cool moment. And so... The girl power movement. But also... There's all there's often a lot of symbolism in these, so usually puberty and coming of age is equated with bloodlust. Oh. So that's kind of how they correlate on like a main scale. And so one of these movies, which is the one I'm getting into today, is called Raw, and it's a French film, and it was oh, decorated by <laughs> the French love being raw. Raw. <laughs> Not to stereotype. No! Okay, okay. <laughs> I can't pronounce it, but her name is... It was written and directed by Julia Ducournau. Ducour du Wait a minute. <laughs> it's spelled D-U-C-O-U-R-N-A-U. Can I? <laughs> it's, it's right there. Oh, Ducournau. <laughs> Ducournau. It's, it's, is that it right? It's written and directed by Ducournau. I just got your tweets, sorry. <laughs> don't don't mind my tweets, my god. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Grandpa. So, Julia DiCurno. Rob was first aired at the 2016 Cannes? 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 Whatever. Cannes. <laughs> Gotta get a load of these cans. <laughs> Film festival. And it was, like, all hyped up because there were people passing out and there were people vomiting because of all the gore. But in reality, it's not bad. It's not bad at all. It's tasteful. And yes, it's kind of intense at times, but it's used sparingly, so I guess it just had more of an impact, I guess, especially as a first viewing and a first showing. But what yeah. What made people pass out? Cannibalism. Oh. 
<laughs> oh, that's why they're raw. Okay, now I get it. Yeah. Wait, so, but they eat them raw? They don't cook them? No. No seasoning? Uh, here, I'm getting into that. I'm okay, getting into okay. okay. <laughs> Go ahead. And so, yeah. So, the, the, the protagonist is a girl named Justine. And she's been a vegetarian all her life. And... <laughs> I like how this is her character and like her background. Yes. <laughs> she's a vegetarian. Her and she wants to she's going to this really prestigious vet school that her parents went to and that's where they met. And then her older sister is currently there as an upperclassman and her sister's name is Alexia. So Justine begins her school and they start hazing the freshmen as most uh, colleges as do. Yeah, mm-hmm. as colleges do. And it's kind of alluded in the beginning because there's pictures that Alexia shows Justine of like her parents and like herself with blood dumped on them so basically like a part of the hazing is getting like animal blood dumped on you oh i see the themes mm-hmm. which is an allusion to carrie with yeah, the whole pig's blood thing and they're forced to eat a rabbit kidney a raw rabbit kidney as a part of the hazing as well oh well at least so, it's not human <laughs> but um being a lifelong vegetarian alex uh not alexia just justine is just like i'm vegetarian I, I can't eat that. Yeah, and then Alexia's... <laughs> then Alexia's like, fucking do it or she'll get, like, outcasted or whatever. So, like, mm. so even though... Okay, from the beginning, Alexia's kind of portrayed as, like, a quote-unquote black wolf of... Or black sheep. My bad. Yeah, black sheep. Black <laughs> sheep of the family where she's, like, a little... She's a little more outgoing, a little more scary, I guess. So, but you can see that they still have close enough of a bond to, like, look out for each other socially. So she forces her to eat it, and Justine walks away gagging, like, <gasps> looks out for her, but makes her eat a kidney. <laughs> because if she didn't eat a kidney, she would have been, like, an outcast or whatever, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Movie stuff. So after that, at, when she gets home that night, she gets, like, a rash and kind of, like, a night terror, I guess. So she goes to the doctor, and the doctor says that she got food poisoning, so she gets an ointment for the rash. And she starts craving more meat which is weird, and she's ashamed. So her and her roommate, which was... Okay, I forgot to say that he was a thing, but he, she has a roommate <laughs> named Adrian, and he, like, introduces himself as gay, but that's not true. Well, that's, not, that's not like it's not true, but, like... Oh, not, not that. Not that kind of... They end up... No. Yeah. But we'll get more into that later. So, um... So Justine and Adrian go to, like, a corner store or something, and that's where they get meat, because apparently you can do that in France. The meat shops. The meat. No, it's like a gas station. A gas station with meat. Oh, yeah, I mean I they would do not it. Trust that meat. I mean they do it in Japan, and like everyone thinks it's okay. So I guess it's like a Eastern thing. <laughs> I don't know. You live in America. <laughs> Seven. The only thing you can get from Seven Eleven is like a breakfast sandwich, and hopefully you won't get the shits. Don't trust us to be globally educated. We live in America. You live in Florida. <laughs> That's even worse. <laughs> I'm gonna drink to that. <laughs> so. She was ashamed, and she went to the gas station to get more meat. And in the morning, she's caught, like, by the fridge because she wasn't satisfied. So she ended up eating raw chicken, I believe it was. Mm. And (laughs) Adrian's like, what the fuck are you doing? And she's like, I'm getting cereal. And then he's like, the cereal's up there. But she was like, I'm getting milk. Hop off my ass. (laughs) So she, yeah. She just kind of eats raw chicken. Like that one dude from My Change Addiction. Wait, that's the thing. Um, <laughs> salmonella. Yeah, no. No, for the My Strange Addiction dude, he had like three parasites. <laughs> oh well, as you do. As you do. And so, 
since remember okay a little flashback to the history of horror thing that i was talking about how purity is okay no, how bloodlust is kind of equated to being more mature as a woman so she's like she's a young adult she's like 18 so she has been sheltered all her life obviously she hasn't even eaten meat so justine is gets like a makeover from alexia and she gets more comfortable you can see like the equation of like her being more comfortable with her cannibalistic tendencies to her being more comfortable with herself in a woman's body more sensual more confident and so carnal lust <laughs> that's all i have to uh, no count covid count covid oh my god <laughs> that's an inside joke nobody's gonna get that it's oh whatever okay where was i <laughs> so during the makeover Justine sees the same rash cream that the doctor prescribed her in Alexia's cabinet. Oh. The plot thickens. The plot is getting thick just like that rash cream. (laughs) (laughs) And so Alexia is waxing Justine and like she had to like use scissors or something and like she slipped because like Alexia something something Justine kicked her or whatever and she slipped and she ended up cutting off the tip of her finger and she passed out (laughs) from shock. No because she was using like big scissors. So she passed out from shock, and Justine's like, holy shit. And she looks at, like, she, like, collects some blood in her hand, she just licks it. And then she grabs a little piece of her finger and just eats, like, a little, like, corn of the cob. Let me like just a- take a second eat my sister. Let me eat my sister's corn of the cob finger. <laughs> Yum. The sound effects really made that. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> and then, so Alexia wakes up and she's, like, not mad at her. And that's because Alexia is also a cannibal. Oh. You know, I I understand why you ate my finger. I feel the same way. Like, you know, tip for tap. But the way way that I kind of see it is how women often bond over, like, womanhood and things revolving around womanhood. Oh, that's pretty deep. Yeah. So it's that kind of thing. And so, in the morning, Alexia shows Justine how she quote-unquote hunts, which is... Her jumping in front of a car, causing a car accident, and then limping to the passenger seat so she could lick the blood from someone's head. Oh, that's just like what they do to get money from lawsuits. Yeah. <laughs> but instead they're eating the people. Yeah, that's better compensation, I guess. And Justine just like kind of tells her to stop and then like walks her home, I guess. And But the, despite telling her to stop, Justine gets even hungrier. But and does she not die from these car crashes? No, I She's guess She's just not. unscathed. I mean, like, she kind of, like, jumps... Because the car swerved into a tree. Oh. Yeah. So that's why they're all dead. Okay. <laughs> but, um... So, as Justine Hunger grows, because, like, ever since she, she saw the scene of the people in the car crash, she was like, oh my god, I'm sick. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, she also... You also see the correlation with her lust for Adrian. So that tension's still growing there. And then, during another, so, like, you see her confidence grow even more, and with that confidence, her newfound confidence, she goes to this party, and she gets hazed even more, where a few upperclassmen paint her yellow, I think, or, and then paint someone else blue. what a crossover. (laughs) You know, yellow and blue makes green. Yeah. Green soldiers. Oh my gosh! No, no, that comes even to play even more, because their dare is to make out until they're both green. Oh, like an iCarly. Yeah. Okay, that's a other weird reference. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so during the whole paint dare or whatever, she bites off a chunk of this dude's lower lip. 
Okay, and yeah, that's cannibal things, you know. Yeah, Perky. it's because for some reason it's like oddly sensual when they eat each other. I don't know. Like, it's, like there's a scene later where it's not that sensual because they're sisters, but like, oh. but like it's oddly because with the correlation of cannibalism and sexuality and confidence, it gets kind of weird. You know, let me just like sexually eat your lip. <laughs> nom nom. <laughs> but um, okay. So, the pay party, the dude, like, he, he like, gets out of wherever they were making out, and people are, like, disgusted because they see, a piece, like, a piece of his lip, like, going. So, Justine just ends up, like, leaving the party, and in the shower, this part got me a little, ugh. She, like, picks out, like, a piece of his lip from her mouth, and, like, like holds it in her hand, and then just, like, throws it in her mouth like a nugget or something. Yes. Mm. mm, lower lip. Let me eat that lip nugget. <laughs> Not the lip nugget. <laughs> But, um, so after the party, she confides in Adrian about her whole cannibal thingy. I get, not, mm, kind of, but they end up fucking. <laughs> they end oh, up having I, sex. Yeah, that's normal. <laughs> hey, I'm a cannibal. Um, you know, there's a bed right here, you know, might as well just go at it. <laughs> and then, um, so, like, during sex, like, he was, like, a, she was very tempted to bite Adrian. But she instead ended up biting herself, and she seemed kind of pacified by it, which I found very interesting. And he was just like, what the fuck? And so she, he just ended up, like, patting her head, like, is this okay? I don't know what's happening. But what part of herself did she eat? Uh, she, like, bit her wrist. Oh, so. Yeah, so there's, like, blood. There's hella eat, blood. Eat yourself. But That's a kink, I guess. No, but the thing is, she would have bitten him instead. Oh, so, so. he's just fine. As long as you eat yourself. <laughs> and then there's just, like, nothing left of her. <laughs> and then, like, there's another party that happens afterwards. And then Alexia takes Justine to a morgue, and then the day after, people are, like, staring at Justine, like, yo, she's weird. Or, like, people are just, like, straight up avoiding her. And Adrian eventually tells her that there was a video from last night when she got drunk. And, um, Justine was, like, holding, like, the arm of a corpse from the morgue, and Justine was, like, crawling around like an animal, like, trying to bite it. But then uh, Alexia would just pull it back at the last minute. There were, like, people around them, like, booing and stuff. And it was, it was just really degrading for her to see. So she ended up hunting down Alexia, and they, they throw down. Oh. They they start biting each other, biting each other's cheeks, their arms, whatever. But then they end up, like, towards the end of the fight. It was like that, you know that weird macho man thing where people where men are just like, I'll punch him and I'll be over it, you know? Yeah. Well, they kind of pulled up that, but instead they just kind of, they found, from what I gathered, they kind of found, like, comfort in eating each other. Oh. It was you know, sisterly bonding. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> just like they sisterly bonded while taking little nibbles of each other. Mm, just, just a little bite here and there. A little. You know, if you're ever fighting with your sibling, just like take a little nibble. Take a little nibble. Eat them. They don't need their earlobe. <laughs> but um, two other students like separated them, and so Justine hits one of them with a backpack. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then so the sisters walk each other home. They walk to the dorm, and they, they don't seem to be on bad terms at all, because I feel like, the, again, the mutual understanding of womanhood, a.k.a. cannibalism, and how they understand how each other feel, and how hard these urges are to overcome. But, um, afterwards, Justine, like, is sleeping at Adrian's bed as whatever they are, do. They're, they're <laughs> just, like, cuddling or whatever, and she wakes up in the morning, and she sees blood on her hand. She's like, what the fuck just happened? And she looks down, and Adrian has a stab wound in his back, and most of his leg is eaten. Oh. And then she goes to the kitchen to find, like, an almost catatonic Alexia, oh, like, no. covered in blood. 
So like, let me take a bite of your man. <laughs> I don't know if it was jealousy over Adrian, but I feel like it was more jealousy of her having another close relation with someone else. Oh. Maybe. That was that's kind of sisterly weird. jealousy. I don't know. Thought they just bonded. Yeah. That's sad. So Justine so what Alexia used to murder like to stab him in the back was like a ski pole. So Justine sees the ski pole, picks it up, getting ready to murder Alexia, and they're like, uh, actually, let me not, because she's like, she was like about to murder her, and then she like made eye contact, she was like, I guess, like, I get it, so, <laughs> I clean- guess I just don't have to kill my sister right now, yeah, so then she ends up cleaning up Alexia in like the shower or whatever, taking care of her, and Alexia gets imprisoned, and Justine is sent back home, I think she's expelled, I don't really know. So, after all of them eating people, now is when they go to jail? <laughs> uh, no, because Alexia hasn't really, like, murdered anyone. Oh. She just licked their wounds, but... <laughs> oh, well. But, uh, and the sisters are, and they end up on good terms, which is weird. Surprisingly. Yeah. And when she goes home, there's, she's, like, talking to her dad, and he reveals that her mother was also a cannibal and that's why they ended up being vegetarians for most of their life oh that makes sense so it's like a gene and so he like reveals like having bite marks and like chunks missing of his torso and stuff and he has like a scar on his lip and he's like you'll find a way justine get a load of this recessive gene (laughs) but it like it only passes down through women and so Mm. i also like looked at another resource and it kind of equated this whole cannibalism thing to like growing up in a different sense like as in sending your kids away to college and like yes you can control what they eat and what they do once they're at home but once they're out on their like in the world on their own you can't control that so it's like kind of the trope sorry but at this point are my guys (laughs) i think i think it died (laughs) oh well have fun listening and wherever this finishes i don't know we don't know yet we're sorry i being teleported Bye. <laughs> so, are we done with our first podcast? I think this is the end. I think this is the end. I hope we were entertaining. Oh, yeah. That, that would be awful if we were just, like, really boring. And everybody just fell asleep. Also, if you're listening to well, this while driving, please don't fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's dangerous. Yeah, and also, don't change it, because, you know, you're driving. <laughs> give us some... Give us some some views if that's what you call is that what you call podcast listen some listens i don't know (laughs) so yeah um we have an instagram and a twitter do we almost yeah we'll have a twitter by then (laughs) (laughs) i'll make it i'll make it yeah so it's um wphs podcast we peaked in high school it's an abbreviation yeah abbreviations okay so yeah, I'll have our show notes linked there. So if you want to see some sources and a summary of what we talked about, um, just in case you want to do further research, because you know we're gonna encourage some research, <laughs> um, that'll be linked on our Instagram. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So thank you if you've listened this far. Um, we're just doing this for fun, so I don't really know like why we're doing this. Yeah, but we might see you in a week or next month. We'll see. Yeah, we're probably going to be kind of inconsistent because high school, but... Yeah, yeah that's our brand. We're <laughs> in high school. <sighs> I love us. <laughs> Just like mutual love. High fives. <laughs> we, d- we did an imaginary high five. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
So, thank you for listening to We Peaked in High School. Stay tuned for our next episode. Bye-bye. Bye.